So I wanted to read a little bit from uh, the Aishwarya Kadambini from Srila Baladev Vichapusa, starting with text number 19. Even though Lord Krishna, the son of Maharaj Nanda, is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the ultimate goal of all living entities, he still considers that the supreme goal of his life is Sri Radha, who, who has fathomless beauty and numberless transcendental quality and who appeared in the holy abode of Raja as the daughter of Kirtida Devi. At the time of the festival of Sri Radha's birth, even the prayers of the great demigods left the world unsatisfied. When the women of Raja saw the auspicious marks on her lotus feet, they all became convinced that this girl was the goddess of fortune. When, to, when poets attempt to describe Sri Radha, they became filled with awe and they loudly rebuked the moon, the lotus, and other beautiful things of this world by constantly meditating on Sri Radha and by repeatedly offering obeisances to her. These poets attain intense happiness within their hearts. Every kind of transcendental glory and opulence is manifest from Sri Radha's sidelong glance. Even Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is not able to describe them all. Sri Radha's friends, who expertly serve her and whose beauty, virtue, and transcendental quality resemble hers, then appear in the capital of the king of Raja, in the home of the best of the cowherds. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gyanandana Salakya Shakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namah Chaitanya Stapitam yena bhutale swayam rupakadamayam dadati svapadantikam si krishna chitanya prabhuni chananda si adhvita gradar si vasadi gora bhaktavinna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare I found it interesting that when the poets attempt to describe Srimata Radharani, they had a problem because usually as poets, they use metaphors where they compare uh, like the beauty of the lotus. Her face is like the beauty of the moon, but in this case, they couldn't do so because her beauty by far exceeds the beauty of the moon by far exceeds the beauty of the lotus. So the, the poets didn't know what to turn to anymore. What could they compare Simata Radharani to? There was nothing in this world that could compare to her. And therefore, uh, therefore, the poets just wound up offering obeisances 
repeatedly again and again. So this is very, very nice. Uh, I really like that description of Shilabala Devishabhusan, who is describing how she cannot be compared uh, to, um, to anything. Mm, one second. Uh huh. No. Hmm. Decorated with four clear, clear lakes, full of blossoming lotus flowers, and bind, bounded by jeweled shores and gardens full of many kinds of blossoming flowers and humming bumblebees, that palace was splendidly beautiful. It's said that uh, Vishwakarma. Uh, Is it? Nanda built a beautiful palace and appointed Lord Balaram Prime Minister and Governor of Rajabhumi. In this way, he plunged everyone into an ocean of happiness. To his personal architect's son, a boy who was an ocean of intelligence and whose physical strength had no fighter short, Nanda ordered, please build a wonderful palace that will please your friend Krishna. For Lord Krishna, the moon of Raja, he at once built a very beautiful palace with a network of splendid roofs and rooftop apartments and with many beautiful courtyards, lattices, windows, doorways, and decorated uh, water fountains. On many mountain peaks, the architect built many different jeweled palaces, more beautiful than anything built by the celestial architect Vishwakarma. Expert at appreciating art and architecture, Krishna was very pleased and with a happy heart, gave the architect many jeweled ornaments and valuable gardens. Their forms, the abode of nectar, of the most splendid transcendental handsomeness, and their hearts peered by each other's smiling glances. The lovers, Sisi, Radha, and Krishna, enjoy many pastimes with their friends in these jeweled pastimes. Uh, jeweled palaces, sorry. When invited for a visit, the king of Raja traveled with his wife, son and friends, all decorated with glistening jewels and fanned with shaman wigs, all riding on chariots, palanquins on ho or horses to the accompanied of a band of Tuyas. Even the great demigods became struck with wonder to see the splendid sight. When the king of Raja entered the palace, Maharaj Rishabhanu and his associates with great respect and cordial hospitality at once brought in many kinds of palatable food. Gazing at the shower of nectar that is Lord Krishna, all these friends, and especially the young girls who were deeply in love with him, became plunged into an ocean of transcendental bliss. Thirsting to enjoy transcendental amorous pastimes, Sisi Radha Krishna drank the nectar of each other's charming smiles. 
a monsoon shower of sightlong glances rose from the dark lotus petal hours of the eyes of the dark mountain monsoon cloud and glittering lightning flash that were Sri Radha and Krishna. Presenting many valuable ornaments and other gifts, Maharaj Vishabhanu worshipped the king of Raja. He and his associates followed the king of Raja and his party for a great distance and only with great reluctance did he finally turn back and enter his own beautiful garden. After this visit, Princess Radhika, the object of Lord Krishna's love and the auspiciousness of Raja, desired to travel to Raja. She wished to go there, decorated with costly garments and ornaments and holding a lotus flower in her hand and in the company of her mother and friends. The many very splendid palanquins and chariots studded with Vaiduria jewels, decorated with glittering ornaments and covered with golden cloth, entered the courtyard of Nanda Maharaj. Decorated with tinkling ornaments and talking with great animation, the splendidly beautiful girls happily assembled for the journey. Then Sri Radhika and the other girls, who were all very dear to Lord Krishna, the son of Nanda, ascended their chariots and palanquins, singing many songs and gently fanned by maidservants holding Chamara and other fans, the beautiful eyebrow girls left the palace courtyard. A band of conch shells, kettle drums and wind instruments played auspicious music during Princess Radha's journey. A band of heroic soldiers, armed with golden clubs, swords, bows and arrows, guarded the traveling party on the front and the sides. A fragrant breeze gently blew. A great cloud became like a parasol to shake the traveling party. And the demigoddesses in the celestial planet sang, danced, recited players of plate murdangas and other musical instruments. Seeing the sprawling city of Nandagram, which was encircled by walls and mowed, and which appeared to them to be like a coiled up serpent, served a sublimely complicated argument offered by the grammarian Patanjali or a celestial vine that fulfills all desires. The girls happily spoke many prayers, glorifying Lord Krishna. The girls descended from their palanquins and chariots, rewarded. The, parent, the palanquin bearers and chariot drivers bowed down to offer respects to the queen of Coco and accepted from her a gift of excellent battle mass. Then the lotus-eyed girl whose tinkling anglers charmed the hearts of their husband returned to their own homes, bathed and performed their household duty, duties to please their husband. As he heard of the Surabi Gauss, Maharaj's glorious and handsome son, who has the heart of a rake, trembled with passionate love for doe-eyed girls. Hmm. So, the opulence described here by Srila Baladevi Jabushan in his Aisvarya Kadambini he enters into the opulence of Vrindavan and, and we can see here that it is not of this world. And yet, um, and yet Vrindavan is a simple village. But Krishna does stay in the palace of Nanda Maharaj. And there is, uh, there is opulence, but there is no sense of... Uh, of Krishna being distant. Krishna is, after all, 
available. He is the cowherd boy. And, but yet, um, Srimadhi Radharani and Krishna are being worshipped. Uh, the divine couple are, are worshipped by all. Uh, that is the case. Although Srimadhi Radharani is accepted indirectly, um, she is daily coming to the house of Yasoda to cook because she got the benediction from Dravasa Muni. Uh, and therefore, uh, Yasoda wants her to cook. And uh, Jyotila, Radharani's mother-in-law, is certainly always thinking about all the wealth that Yasoda will give to her daughter-in-law and that will bring uh, great auspiciousness to the family. So in this way, uh, the pastimes are carrying on. How can we imagine uh, the exalted nature of Srimata Radharani? Um, we certainly worship her um, as our as guru. Um, and we offer her um, unlimited, unlimited glories. Um, and even and whatever we can offer is too small and too insignificant, as the poets um, can only offer words related to the moon and to the lotus. What can we offer? Uh, we can offer our praise, but our praise is also insignificant. Our praise also cannot approach her. Um, even Krishna, when he tried to reciprocate with their service, uh, in Bhagavad Gita, ye yatamam prapadite times tataiva as one surrenders unto me, I reward accordingly. But Krishna, uh, when it came to, uh, to the gopis, he didn't know anymore what to do. Um, because uh, the gopis, uh, they were like of such an exalted nature that Krishna was thinking, what can I give? What can I give in, in exchange for, for their service? Um, there is nothing, nothing that I can offer. Uh, Nothing that I have in this world. And so, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, let's begin. The gopis do not care for their own pleasures or pain. All their physical and mental activities are directed toward offering enjoyment to Lord Krishna. We're reading now from Adilida 4, 174, and carry on with 175. They renounced everything for Krishna. They have pure attachment to giving Krishna pleasure. Oh, my beloved gopis, you've renounced social customs, scriptural injunctions, and your relatives for my sake. I disappeared behind you only to increase your concentration upon me. Since I disappeared for your benefit, you should not be displeased. 
with me. Purport. This text from Srimad Bhagavatam, 1030-21, was spoken by Lord Krishna when he returned to the arena of the Ras Lila. Lord Krishna has a promise from before to reciprocate with his devotees according to the way they worship him. From Bhagavad Gita, ye yatamam prapadite tamsachayva bhajami hamam avartmanivartate manusha pratasarvaza. In whatever way my devotees surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. Everyone follows my path in all respects, O son of Prita. Se pratikya banga haila gupira bhajan. Tahate pramana krishna shimukavachan. That promise has been broken by the words of the gopis, as Lord Krishna himself admits. Naparayaham niravaja samyujam. Svasadu kritcham vibhudi sapivaha. Yamaba jandurjaya geya shinkalaha. Samvrischa tatva pratiyatu sadhuna. O gopis, I'm not able to repay my debt for your spotless service, even within a lifetime of Brahma. Your connection with me is beyond reproach. You worship me, cutting off all domestic ties, which are difficult to break. Therefore, please let your own glorious deeds be your compensation. Yes. So only their own glorious deeds could be, could be the compensation. Nothing else, because Nothing could match that. Well, the glorious deeds of the gopis, and particularly amongst them, Simata Radharani, exceed anything else. Well, therefore, how is there anything more wonderful than that? So Krishna had nothing to give in, in return. And therefore, finally, he said, let, let your own glorious deeds uh, be the... Uh, Yeah, be your compensation. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a level um, of purity, which is just something we cannot conceive of. We're only trying to understand. That is Radhastami. Uh, Radhastami is the time where we are beginning to meditate on pure devotional service. And, and we just get an idea of, of what the quality of pure devotional service really is. And, uh, um, and we're seeing that everything, everything, cent per cent, uh, is dedicated to Krishna. Sometimes said every fiber of their existence. Uh, if, we, uh, if we look for a moment in the uh, nectar of devotion, uh, and we just look at some of the things that are written about Radharani, yeah. First, it says that the symbol of devotional service in the highest degree is Radharani. Krishna is called Madan Mohan, which means that he is so attractive that he can defeat the attraction of thousands of cupids. But Radharani is still more attractive, for she can even attract Krishna. 
Therefore, devotees call her Madan Mahat Mohini, the attractor of the attractor of Cupid. To perform devotional service means to follow in the footsteps of Radharani and devotion, devotees in Vrindavan put themselves under the care of Radharani in order to achieve perfection in their devotional service. In other words, devotional service is not an activity of the material world. It is directly under the control of Radharani. In Bhagavad Gita, it is confirmed that the Mahatmas or great souls are under the protection of Daivi Prakriti, the internal energy, Radharani. So being directly under the control of the internal potency of Krishna, devotional service attracts even Krishna himself. So to follow in the footsteps of Radharani, Satovriti, uh, to follow in the footsteps, not to imitate, not anukar, but anusar, to follow, to also try to go to, to our limits, and wherever there are limits now to go beyond, to be ready for the service of Krishna, to do anything possible and to let nothing, nothing get in the way. There is no question of any service which, where we say impossible. No. Um, Simata Radharani knows no defeat. Um, if there's anyone who, who doesn't give up, it is Sri Radharani. She is ready, ready for Krishna to go to any extent, to do anything, and the gopis for that matter, in the same spirit. Um, the famous example of Krishna's headache and the... Um, and, and, and Krishna approaching Narada and asking for the dust of his feet to cure his headache. Oh, Narada said, no, how can I give, my Lord? Please don't ask. That is a, that is, is, is a great offense. No, 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 that I cannot give. Ah, Krishna said, all right, all right. Why don't you go to Vrindavan and ask the gopis, the gopis to give? So Narada, was wondering what was now going to happen. Uh, he knew, Krishna is sending me here. Something extraordinary, I will see. And then he asked the gopis, oh, the gopis, I have come as a messenger from Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, he has, has a headache. Oh, and we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. But Krishna has said there is only one thing that can cure his headache, and that is the dust of the feet of the devotees. So we are, we are then approaching, uh, approaching you for the dust of your feet. And the gopi said, oh yes, yes, please take. And then Narada said, my dear girls, I know you are simple village girls, and let me just tell you, how can you give the dust of your feet to Krishna? Don't you know that he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead and that this is a great offense, that you will go to hell if you do such a thing? The gopi said, oh, that's fine, that's fine. We, we can go to hell, but at least Krishna's headache will be cured. So... Remembering Krishna's amazing, remembering the gopis' amaz amazing devotional service. Mm.
attachment to chanting the holy names of the Lord. In the same Krishna Karnamrita, there's another statement about the chanting of Radharani. It is said by one of the associates of Radharani, O Lord Govinda, the girl who is the daughter of Kringri Sabanu is now shedding tears and she's anxiously chanting your holy name, Krishna, Krishna. Mm. Yes, yes, not mechanically chanting, but anxiously chanting, chanting the holy name of Krishna with so much eagerness and desire. There are, so many, there are many so-called devotees who artificially think of Krishna's pastimes, known as Astakaliyalila. Sometimes one may artificially imitate these, presenting that Krishna is talking with him in the form of a boy. Or else one may pretend that Radharani and both Krishna have come to him and are talking with him. Such characteristics are sometimes exhibited by the impersonless class of men, and they may captivate some innocent persons who have no knowledge in the signs of devotional service. However, as soon as an experienced devotee sees all of these caricatures, he can immediately evaluate such raskodam. If such a pretender is sometimes seen possessing imitative attachment to Krishna, that will not be accepted as real attachment. It may be said, however, that such attachment gives the pretender hope that he may eventually rise onto the actual platform of pure devotional service. This imitative attachment can divide it into two headings, namely shadow attachment and para, transcendental attachment. If someone, without undergoing the regulative principle of devotional service, or without being guided by a bona fide spiritual master, shows such imitative attachment, this is called shadow attachment. Sometimes it is found that a person actually attached to material enjoyment or salvation has the good fortune to associate with pure devotees, while they're engaged in chanting the holy name of the Lord, by the good grace of the Lord, one may also cooperate and join in the chanting. At that time, simply by the association of such pure devotees, the moonlight rays from their heart reflects on him. And by the influence of the pure devotees, he may show some likeness of attachment caused by inquisitiveness. But this is very flickering. And if by the manifestation uh, of, of such shadow attachment, one feels the disappearance of all material pangs, then this is called para-attachment. Yes, so uh, the imitators, uh, the imitators, they are just uh, showing false attachment and acting as if they're talking to Radha and Krishna, although they are not actually able to see Radha and Krishna and talk to them in person. But, um, but still there will be benefit also as we are reading. Um, and, and we, yes, we try to serve. But since we cannot serve Krishna directly, we are serving the servant of Krishna, um, his representative. And that service is is offered upwards uh, upwards in the entire disciplic succession until it reaches krishna until it reaches radha and krishna sri krishna chaitanya radha krishna nahayanya uh, we are worshiping radha and krishna when sivananda sain uh, was asked 
when, when, when Shivananda is saying, thought that here is this Nakula Brahmachari, everyone is saying he's empowered like Lord Chaitanya. And he's a very ecstatic devotee. Maybe he is. Maybe Lord Chaitanya is manifesting in him. But I will not believe it unless he knows my worshipable mantra. And then Nakula Brahmachari called him and said, your worshipable mantra is the Gora Gopal mantra. So when we speak of the Gora Gopal mantra, the Gora Gopal mantra, Gora Gopal is referring to Lord Chaitanya. But the Gora Gopal Gora Gopal is also Radharani and Krishna. She is Gauri. Uh, so Gora Gopal also refers to Radha and Krishna, both. Uh, no difference. Gora Gopal is Goranga, and Gora Gopal is Radha and Krishna, because Goranga is Radha and Krishna. There is no difference. So we are worshipping um, the Arsampradaya, is headed by Chichitanya Mahaprabhu, is headed by Radha and Krishna. We are worshipping Radha and Krishna. We are bowing at their feet in somehow or other. Huh? That is our objective, to always, uh, to try and serve purely. But because we reach our own limits, uh, we're serving the servant. And we become purified in that service. And then um, we get some shadow attachment. We get some taste. And that taste will awaken in us renewed enthusiasm to serve. Um, so in this way, uh, in this way, we are always eager, always eager to serve. Yeah. That is our, our good fortune. Yes. That is Krishna's mercy uh, and Radharani's mercy. Okay, so much uh, going on outside. Mm, one minute. A person is called a genius when he can refute any kind of opposing element with newer and newer arguments. In this connection, there is a statement in Pajavali which contains the following conversation between Krishna and Radha. One morning, when Krishna came to Radha, to Radha, Radha asked him, My dear Kesava, where is your vasa at present? The Sanskrit word vasa is tree meeting. Vasa means vas. Um, one meaning is residence, another meaning is fragrance, and another meaning is dress. Actually, Radharani inquired from Krishna, where's your dress? But Krishna took the meaning as residence, and he replied to Radharani, my dear captivated one, at the present moment, my residence is in your beautiful eyes. To this, Radharani replied, my dear cunning boy, I did not ask you about your residence, I asked you about your dress. Krishna then took the meaning of Vasa as fragrance, said, my dear fortunate one, I've just assumed this fragrance in order to be associated with your body. Srimata Radharani, 
again inquired from Krishna, where did you pass your night? The exact Sanskrit word used in this connection was yaminyamusitaha. Yaminyam means at night and usita means pass. Krishna ever divided the word yaminya musita into two separate words, namely yaminya and musita. By dividing these words in two, it came out to mean that he was kidnapped by yamini at night. Uh, by yamini or night. Therefore, Krishna replied to Radharani, My dear Radharani, is it possible that night can kidnap me? In this way, he was answering all the questions of Radharani so cunningly that it gladdened his dearest of gopis. Uh, word games. Uh, so Krishna is the original master of word games for entertainment. His intelligence and his playfulness, uh, using his intelligence uh, and in playful ways. And so she is, she is transcendentally entertained and delighted. Mm. 14, artistic. One who can talk and dress himself very artistically is called Vidakta. The exemplary characteristics was visible in the personality of, of Sri Krishna. It's spoken by Radharani, it's spoken of by Radharani as follows. My dear friend, just see how Krishna's nicely composed songs and how he dances and speaks funny words and plays on his flute, wearing such nice garlands. He's dressed himself in such an enchanting way as though he had defeated all kinds of players at the chessboard. He lives wonderfully at the topmost height of artistic craftsmanship. And the copies were just drinking in, uh, drinking in these amazing, amazing actions of Krishna. Uh, and how he, he just um, composed wonderful songs, how he danced, spoke funny words, played on the feuds, wearing nice garlands, dressed himself in a very enchanting way. And all these things, things. Uh, he lives wonderfully at the topmost height of artistic craftsmanship. Krishna's compassion was also exhibited when Grandfather Bhishma was lying on the bed of arrows which has been shot, which had been shot through his body. While lying in this position, Bhishma was very anxious to see Krishna, and thus Krishna appeared there. Upon seeing the pitiful condition of, Krishna, of Bhishma, Krishna began speaking with tears in his eyes. Not only was he shedding tears, but he also forgot himself in his compassion. Therefore, instead of offering obeisances to Krishna directly, devotees offer obeisances to his compassionate nature. Actually, because Krishna is the supreme personality of God, it is very difficult to approach him. But the devotees taking advantage of his compassionate nature which is represented by Radharani, always pray to Radharani for Krishna's compassion. So Radharani is that compassionate nature. And of course, so the devotees always pray to Radharani for Krishna's compassion. Now that Lord Chaitanya has assumed that mood of Radharani, he has become very compassionate. Regarding Krishna's attractive features being ever fresh, 
there is a statement by Radharani and Lalita Madhava in which Krishna is compared to the greatest sculptor because he's expert in chiseling at the chastity of women. In other words, although chaste women may follow the rules and regulations of Vedic principles to become ever faithful to their husband, Krishna is able to break their stone-like chastity with the chisel of his beauty. Most of the girlfriends of Krishna were married, but because Krishna was their friend, before their marriage, even after their marriages. Hmm. Anyway, that's all external. That is just to facilitate the parakira. <sighs> that is simply so that there is no question that the relationships between Krishna and the gopis can be taken for granted. That there is no external, external obligation governing the relationship. In marriage, there is always an external obligation. Uh, once married, there is a duty. Uh, yes. Vedic culture, one could go and complain uh, to, to people, and people would sometimes, as a crowd, uh, would, would act as the judge. If there was some dispute, then the people would act as the judge. And the people might just... Uh, just tell, oh, to, you are not taking care of her. You are not providing. You are not performing your duty. Huh? Social duty. Uh, yes, marriage brings duty. But, so swaki aras, the marital relationship brings duty. Pariki aras, no duty. Uh, Krishna is free. I'll just I'm just here because I want to be here. Hmm. No other reason. So yes, the gopis can never, can never never take Krishna for granted. But by a devotional service, must always again and again conquer Krishna. And this is the most beautiful thing about devotional service. Uh, one cannot rest on the laurels of the past, one must again and again conquer Krishna. This is the glory of, of serving Krishna. And this is the glory of, of Srimata Radharani and the gopis, who are indeed again and again conquering Krishna. And Srimata Radharani is eternally again and again conquering Krishna by your exceptional uh, dedication and devotional service. I'll end today. In the next few days, I'll just speak a little bit about Srimata Radharani to, um, to, um, to enhance our meditation in preparation for Radastami. Si si Radastami Mahamahat Sav Kija. Hare Krishna.